Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. So in one of the worst kept secrets in American commerce, Walmart is launching Walmart Plus that has been talked about more or less for at least the last eight or nine months. So Walmart Plus launches on the 15th of this month. So what does it get you? First, a membership fee. 98 bucks but it's completely different although everyone will associate it with amazon's prime at 119 the walmart thing offers a lot less of the ancillary stuff that amazon offers like having the prime video and the free prime music and you know the various features that come with Amazon in addition to the one to two day delivery, the Walmart thing is all about you being able to get quick delivery of things in the store, generally same day or next morning. So you pay the 98 a year and then you can order most anything inside of Walmart. It's not a grocery app. So you can order most of the merchandise that is anywhere in the store. And also, if you want, add groceries to it or any mix of it. And the delivery is free with one gotcha. Okay, so I'm an Amazon Prime member. And if we order something from Amazon Prime, it can be $3. We just place the order and we get free delivery in whatever number of days it takes to get there. With the Walmart membership that you paid the 98 bucks for, you still have to have a $35 minimum on your order. 35 or more. So you pay the 98 a year, no delivery charge, but you still have the delivery minimum of 35 bucks. Now, that's pretty much what you get for the 98. In addition, you can use the scan and go, which I've talked about before that Walmart owned Sam's Club has, where you use the app to check yourself out of the store. And it's not like Amazon's uh, new technology where you just walk in, verify your Amazon membership, and their carts automatically know what you put in and are taken out and you just walk out the door and they bill your payment system you have on file with Amazon. In the Walmart case, you'll have to barcode each item. I've used this at Sam's Club ever since they've had it, and it's ultra, ultra quick, much quicker than you might think, to just scan your items, and then you click a button that you're done, 
at the door, you show your barcode and you leave. So it's a very efficient thing, but never allowed at Walmart because Walmart always had a worry of not knowing who was in their stores and having to worry about shoplifters. Well, people that are Walmart Plus members, they're going to know who you are. They're going to know your patterns, and they're not worried about shoplifting from people that would be Walmart Plus members. But the overall perception of the membership to me seems really inferior how people will perceive it compared to Amazon and that Walmart will need to have a more generous mix of what you get for the $98. And I especially object to the $35 minimum. And I think that sends a, a really weird message that you pay 98 bucks but still are stuck with a minimum buy. Now, you know, if you order from Instacart and shipped, that's part of how their system works a lot of places. But if Walmart is really trying to take on Amazon, just mimicking having a purchase minimum, to me, defeats their strength with what they're trying to do with Walmart Plus. I will, of course, join Walmart Plus as I join all these things. We have a ship membership. We order from Instacart. Uh, we have the Target Red Card. Uh, we do the Aldi pickup and delivery. We do all these things so that I can let you know how they work, what works well, what doesn't. And still to this moment of everybody through the pandemic, without doubt, Target has been the best with their curbside pickup of any of the ones we've used followed by Aldi in second place. Those two have been better than Amazon, better than Walmart, better than Sam's Club, uh, better than anybody we've tried, including a regional supermarket chain's delivery. We've had by far our best expenses with those two, with Target and with Aldi. And I'll let you know if Walmart Plus is a better deal in real life than it looks to me right now looking at that $98 membership. It's time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternate with Kim up first. This is from Chris in Georgia. And Chris says, my mother-in-law has been contacted by her power company requesting that she agree to grant them an easement across her yard, which would add to the existing road right of way. They've offered to pay her several thousand dollars for the easement. My questions are, are there any downsides to refusing to permit the easement? And if she was agreed to grant it, what's a reasonable payment? And also, are there any other complicating factors that we should be thinking about? Yeah, it could hurt the value of the property significantly. And what I recommend anytime you're approached by a utility that says, we got a deal for you, we want this easement, we want to pay you so many thousands of dollars, go find a lawyer who has expertise in easement issues. There are lawyers that work both sides of this street that represent uh, utility companies and companies looking for easements. And then there are those that uh, represent consumers. There are people that do both of those things, depending on if you have an issue involving someone who's not a client of theirs. Because as a consumer, as an individual homeowner, we are incapable of knowing 
the full implications of an easement that is being requested of us and what is fair payment for it and what our rights are. The rights will vary depending on the jurisdiction and state you live in and the amount of money that is reasonable for you to receive varies so much. The closest example I can give you that we had a lot of questions about last decade and not nearly as many of late is about people who have land that one of the cell phone tower companies want to put a tower on. And the companies lowball and get you to sign these waterfront agreements that give them unbelievable privilege and you ridiculous responsibility. People who hire someone who's an expert in that area end up getting a much more fair agreement and significantly more money for allowing the rental of property for that cell phone tower. The closest equivalent I can give you to when you're presented with an easement request. Joel? Clark Mark in Ohio says, I was just asked by a friend about taking a side job opportunity. The position is to sell index universal life insurance and also recruit others to join as salespeople. Have you heard of such a business? Uh, They pitched that IUL is a good investment. And is that true? You know, you might as well just taken a sharp knife and stab me right in the heart. A multi-level for index universal life insurance? All right. Universal life insurance is one of the worst snake oil things that has ever been peddled to people. And people have suffered so much financially and had severe financial problems as a result of getting involved as a buyer of this junk. Don't get involved at all. Um, just tell your friend you don't think you're really cut out to sell this stuff. Just don't get into a debate with them about it or that I said it's garbage. Just know it is garbage. And if you just were to search online and put in um, IUL and add the words rip off to it or UL and add the words rip off to it or VUL and add the words rip off to it, you'll see enough that you'll understand why this is too hot to handle and don't go near this as a selling opportunity because you wouldn't want to bring hardship into people's life selling them garbage. Kim? Madison in Georgia says, I'm a senior in college. I graduate in December of this year and I've saved up and I've worked through my time at school. My freshman year though, I took out $4,500 in student loans. I just paid for my last semester in cash and I have $8,000 right now in savings. I would love to go ahead and pay off my student loans now. I'm wondering if you have advice about how I go about it. I know that loan companies can be unforgiving and that some will follow you around even if you paid them off and I want to make sure that I am well documented. All right. I love your question, but I'm going to ask you to do something weird. I want you to wait till after you graduate and make sure you have found a good job that you're going to have as your career job after school. And once you feel comfortable with your job situation, the stability of it, and the income you're earning, then go ahead and pay off that loan. If it's a federal loan, you have a grace period before you have to pay. In that six months in that period, you just pay off the whole thing. The key is 
uh, if you have Google Photos or something like that, take a picture of the paperwork from the lender showing you have fully paid off your loan. Put that paperwork in a safe place because the issues with people being contacted by collectors go back decades. We've had people call who've been contacted about paid off student loans many, many decades after they paid off the loan and they're told to, hey, well, give me proof you actually paid it. That's why you always keep documentation electronically and if you can in paper form as well that you have successfully paid off that loan. And congratulations to you because you're obviously set up to essentially graduate from college completely student loan debt free. That's something to be proud of. Joel? Clark David in Virginia says, you've talked about solar panels, but I'm not sure if I want panels on my roof because of how they look and potentially needing a roof replacement in the near future. What about solar roofs, like what Tesla offers? Are, are those good to consider? And are there other providers that offer something similar to the what Tesla has? I know no one else who has it yet. The Tesla solar roof still, for the most part, is vaporware. A lot of promises, not much reality. I think it's too soon to look at buying that product, but ultimately that's going to be a game changer when you replace your roof and you replace it with solar shingles and you save money from the roof you've had to put in. Just not ready for prime time yet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Corey is with us on the Clark Howard Show, and Laura, uh, Corey, you have a legal question to ask a non-lawyer here, so I'll do the practical best I can do for you. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Your landlord's trying to slip in a weird change on you. Tell me about it. Yeah, right. So they, they sent me a letter that essentially reads to me like an addendum to the lease in which uh, it's, it states that we are supposed to have a sub meter for water at the property, uh, in which we would then pay a separate entity. But, um, however, we don't have any. And so they're, they're stating that it's supposed to read that in the event that these sub meters are installed, that we would then be required to pay a per usage monthly water bill, uh, kind of reads to me as if they're intending on installing these, which would then make water separate from rent, which is it's currently rolled into rent. So I'm wondering if that sounds fishy to you. Well, fishy, yes, from your standpoint, because the landlord is doing what so many other landlords have been doing around the country, and they're going to great expense to install individual metering for water in complexes that originally did not have that. And so there are a lot of companies that specialize in installing individual use meters and then the landlord, instead of absorbing the cost of water, then is able to charge it to you individually. And what happens with these arrangements is, in most cases, you end up paying substantially more for each gallon of water than someone does who's hooked up to a traditional municipal water system. 
It can become a profit center for the landlord. It can be an abusive arrangement involving the privately billed and metered water. So when's your lease up? We go through May 31st of 2021. So you've got a lot of months for this thing to run. I would not agree to a change in the lease. Did they try to allege there was a clerical error in the lease they had you sign? Yeah, that's how the that's how the letter reads to me. All right. So the reason they would say clerical error, that would be the only grounds on which they could try to compel you in some way or intimidate you into agreeing to putting yourself in an inferior position for the remainder of your lease. Um, sure. What you could do in the short term is ignore their communication. In the longer okay. term, if they become insistent, you say you're happy to sign such an item at the time of renewal of your lease, but you don't want to accept a responsibility that's not currently a part of your lease. Sure, that makes sense. And on the legal side, it would depend on the landlord-tenant laws of your state whether a landlord could successfully argue that they had made a clerical error and therefore you're subject to potentially effectively additional rent in a correction to their initial clerical error. But you're so many months into your lease that coming along now and saying, oops, we made a mistake and we want you to eat that mistake seems wrong on my part. I think that's just out of line. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. Our websites are clark.com and clarkdeals.com. Now this show is all about you and giving you tools so that you have more control of your wallet and in turn more control and freedom in your future. And so you expect to get rock solid good advice from me in order to make those things happen. But what if I don't do a good job? You don't get information that you feel you can act on, or worse, you feel like I made a mistake, giving bad advice, bad information, bad guidance. I want to hear from you. I need to hear from you, because this show only works if I'm helping out each and every one of us, and we working together as members of Team Clark, to help each other to have more control over your future. So that's why we have Clark.com slash Clark Stinks, where if you feel I let you down, you post it. Then weekly, producers Kim and Joel read posts that you put on Clark.com slash Clark Stinks right here on the show. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Okie dokie, Clark. We are starting from someone who posted on the message board. Their username is Guru, and they say, Clark, I'm not sure if it's you or Navy Federal Credit Union, but something definitely smells fishy. 
I heard recently that you, you said that they offer a 2% cashback credit card. You said it was valid for four years. I combed through their website and I found nothing. I called the customer service rep and they said there was no such card. And they said, if there was one, I would have known. To follow up, I then <laughs> sent them an email and they again denied having such a card. So who is not telling the whole story here? Here's the whole story. Navy Federal did this summer launch a version of their cash rewards card that pays 2% on all purchases for four years from sign up. But Navy Federal just pulled that card, I think a couple of days ago. The card still exists, but the 2% offer is gone, replaced with what had been the cash reward on the cash rewards card, 1.5%. And to try to uh, not upset people as much by getting rid of the 2%, they're offering a $150 cash bonus for signing up for the card and spending 2000 on it within the first three months of account opening which sounds a lot like all those bank offers I don't like, where they offer you, dangle something in front of you, and then later say, yeah, you got that, but now it's just the regular thing. So one and a half is back to what the cash rewards card was. And so now if you want 2%, you're back to the old reliables I've mentioned for a long time, that city double cash, which is 2% cash back, and the Fidelity Investments credit cards, that a variety of which are 2% cash back for money to go as cash to you in investments, Roth IRA, college savings plan. So the 2% universe has just shrunk. Joel? Clark, this one's from Scott. He says, your last Clark Stinks episode stinks, Clark. The writer uh, of a certain Clark Stinks post was trying to make the legitimate point that there is a free market. And if consumers don't want to pay higher prices for iOS apps, they have other choices. You then proceeded to ramble on completely tone deaf, telling the person they were wrong and how Apple controls their whole ecosystem and iPhone users don't actually have a choice. You entirely missed the writer's point. No one is making them buy an iPhone in the first place. They can go with Android if they don't like Apple's pricing or behavior. Your response was quite presumptuous, as if owning an iPhone is a divine right and that everyone needs that everyone needs in order to survive. There are alternatives to Apple's consumer hostile ecosystem already, and unhappy iPhone users would be wise to rethink their misguided brand loyalty. I appreciate your post as someone who doesn't use an iPhone myself. I'm an Android guy. And, uh, and we're an Android show. I mean, Kim and Joel, both Android users. I, I don't know either of you have switched, right? No, I'm still, still rolling with my Android. So, I mean, we're an Android crowd here, but uh, I, Apple and iPhones are very popular in the United States. And the way Apple has the hammer lock on the, the store, on the apps, is something that I don't like, creating that closed garden, that walled garden, and then Apple controls the toll. There's no negotiation for any company. It's a straight 30%. And consumers end up being chumps in this, getting ripped off by the company they're so loyal to, Apple. So your point and many others is why not let the free market sort this out? Uh, companies that are in this fight with Apple say that's really not a fair battle 
because they have no choice if they want to reach those customers. They have to pay the ripoff price that Apple unilaterally sets as a fixed fee and does not negotiate. So ultimately, the courts will decide, is it truly a free market thing and Apple is free to control the market and charge whatever they wish? Or if it should be decided in the marketplace that Apple users decide the cost of being in Apple's walled garden is just too expensive. I hear you, and others said the same thing, obviously, because you were responding to last week's post. Kim? All right. This is from Robert. Robert's going a while back, and we're hopeful that you remember, but at one point you I did... don't remember what I had for <laughs> breakfast. Oh, it wasn't Cheerios? No. No. How Actually, would you know? I had cinnamon toast. Oh, that sounds delicious. But I did remember. All right. Well, speaking of food, um, Robert says that a while back, you ended up talking to an individual who had developed a meat allergy from getting bit by a tick. You said that you hoped the individual who had developed the meat allergy would recover. With vegetarians having such a lower risk of cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, high cholesterol, obesity, and an average lifespan of eight extra years, this is like saying to someone, I'm sorry your blood pressure is normal now. I hope you get hypertension again soon. Lone Star Tick 1, Clark Howard 0. <laughs> Okay, so this gives me an opportunity to pitch again our shopping challenge for our eating challenge for you going on during the month of September is I've joined with the Prostate Cancer Foundation to try to get you to eat it to beat it, meaning that you eat healthy so that you can fight back against uh, not just prostate cancer, the possibility of getting any cancer. And so I have been eating a variety of extremely healthy uh, items, uh, fruits, vegetables, and other things. And obviously, there's no meat products anywhere in this month-long list. And for people who, like me, uh, actually enjoy beef, it would be a bridge too far for me to go to be a vegetarian. But eating healthier is something we can all do. And look on our website at Clark.com to see how you can take up the challenge for the rest of the month of September and eat healthier items. My lunch today, broccoli. That's it? That's impressive. I did. I had my my whole lunch was broccoli. Was it a lot of broccoli? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Most broccoli I've ever had at one sitting. Wow. All right. All right, let's get to our next one, Clark. This This one's from Annette. She says... Once again, Clark, you rave about countries that are going cashless or will be, except for the U.S. The Federal Reserve estimates that there are approximately 55 million unbanked or underbanked adults in this country. Surely there has to be something similar in those cashless countries as well. I've never heard you talk about that side of the cashless coin. Without a doubt, I'm sure it has to create hardship for some. So how about doing the research, Clark, and give us both sides? I would not want to be forced to give up cash for someone else's convenience. I work hard for it, so leave my cash alone. I appreciate that. And the United States will be a late player in going to a cashless kind of environment because it just doesn't fit our culture as well as it might others. But we're definitely going that direction. Our banking system is very different 
than most other developed countries in that banks put up a, um, a tough series of hurdles for individuals who don't have a lot of money to be able to have a bank account. Uh, banks look for reasons not to have somebody as a customer instead of reasons to have them in the United States. And that's a totally different mentality than other places. So I think the core of the problem in the United States with the unbanked is that banks don't see themselves as publicly subsidized institutions as they are with a duty and responsibility to the American people. They see themselves as getting a socialized subsidy from the taxpayers, but their only obligation is to their owners, their stockholders, and that's a real problem with how banking works in America. Kim? Sammy says, Clark, I've been listening to you for decades since I was a teenager. And while I really appreciate the fact that you read over 30 publications a day and you're usually on top of current trends, sometimes you keep saying the same thing over and over without checking the claims. You bash most 403B providers, rightly so, but then you give endless praise to Tia. I can't tell you how many TIA account holders are frustrated at retirement to find out that they can't roll over their account to an IRA at retirement when they have the funds in the traditional account, which is very widely held. Instead, they can only take the money out over 10 years. Please check up on their current policies before telling listeners they don't employ some of the practices you despise. I appreciate what you have said, and I will check in to see if uh, TIAA is being hostile to its own members. And if that is the case, I will certainly report back about TIAA. Uh, recently, I did uh, say some negative things about TIA and uh, whichever you want to call them, TIAA or TIA. And I guess it's time for another look. I appreciate that. And I appreciate all your posts Please, if you hear something from me that you feel misses the mark, go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and let me know. Sherelle is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Sherelle, you're doing your best to help a loved one. Tell me about this. Yes. Uh, my question is hi, uh, how best to help my stepmother. The situation, she's 77. She's currently paying 11% interest rate on her mortgage. 11%? 11%. That's her gigantic. <laughs> it is. Um, her is balance that to a is private, that 11%, is that a private mortgage to an individual or is that? No, big bank. 11%. How? What year was this loan taken out? Uh, this was a, the mortgage was completely paid off, and then she took out a second mortgage, probably oh. uh, about six or seven years ago, unbeknownst to the children. Oh, this is hideous. So the home was free and clear, and she then got conned into taking out a second mortgage instead of a first when there was no first in place? Correct. All right. That sounds like a predatory lender, a bank that cheated her. There's no excuse for that behavior at all. 
Let's talk about what to do about this. How much is the balance on this loan? It's 51000 Okay, that's not really something easily refinanced. Um, and how much is her home worth, would you guess? It's uh, appraised at $78,000. Okay. And what kind of means do you or any of your siblings or half-siblings have? Um, that's that's my question to you. All, we try to get her house refinanced, but because her finance score is below 620, they won't touch her. Okay. My uh, credit score is excellent. And my question is, what are my options? Should I take out a personal loan and pay it off? Should I co-sign? I'm just not sure. So the problem is refinancing a loan of that relatively small amount is tough. Are you a member of a credit union? I am, yes. So a lot of credit unions will do five-year lending and 10-year lending. And with you being a co-signer potentially, you would be protected that way. You just have to make sure with your siblings that there's a written agreement that is clear that when the home is sold, you were paid off or that loan is paid off so that your risk with the loan is eliminated. The other possibility, if you did any, if you come up with some way to come up with the money, you just become the bank and you hold the mortgage on the property at a pass-through of whatever interest rate it would take for you to borrow money. Did that make sense? Okay. It does. It does. And who's likely to end up with this home at the time that your stepmom is not able to live there or has passed away? Well, it has already been decided. Um, she's left in her will. It'll be divided between the three three of us. Okay. Um, how about the other two of you? Do they have any access to funds at all themselves because what would be best is each of you put up seventeen thousand dollars and pay off the mortgage and then each of you hold a mortgage at a very low rate that your stepmom would have to pay moving forward no the other two don't have that option right that's why the written agreement is going to be really important to protect yourself what I would do is go sit down with a loan officer at a credit union, go over the situation with them, explain that you will only end up with a third of the value of the home later on and that you need to properly be protected. What's the best way to do it and help your 77-year-old stepmom? And you may at some point need to sit down with a real estate lawyer. It won't cost a lot to come up with what would be the best way legally to do this so that your interests are protected in the end, that you don't end up with the $51,000 obligation, but only a third of the value of the property, the 26000 approximately, that would be your one-third of the property. But getting her out from under a ridiculous predatory 11% loan from a major bank is something that is fantastic that you do and that bank ought to be ashamed of itself you're listening to the clark howard show 
Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.